0: to The Curatorial Blonde. So if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, which has been since the pandemic, you know that I was previously known as Happy Little Accidents. Now, uh, Happy Little Accidents was actually born out of my desire to supplement my um, journalism. I am a contemporary art writer and I wanted to explain things more in depth to give people more substance behind just my writing. I realized soon that while that was amazing, that the art world is literally the business of relationships, right? And that means that I need to talk to other people. So now the Curatorial Blonde is my new pivot of my podcast, which I will be curating conversations with people in the art world, conversations that are usually happening one-on-one, right? But I feel like these conversations should be for a wider, more uh, diverse audience. And so the Curatorial Wand was born. My first episode is actually someone I know for a while. One of my first interviews as a journalist, Akshita Gandhi. She's an Indian photographer and multimedia artist based in Mumbai, and it is a great conversation. So continue to listen and enjoy. Okay, cool. So now it's actually recording. Um, so I, I've talked to you about this before, but previously I've also changed the name of the podcast to the Curatorial Blonde from Happy Little Accidents. Previously, I've seen this podcast to just talk about things going in the art world. But I'm sure you like right. know most things that happen in our world are individual the conversations. They're happening between artists, people who are buying art, who are seeing art, versus just a one-way conversation. So definitely want to transition yeah. this podcast into something where it's going to be conversations with artists, learning more about them, and conversations that right. people might not be able to have or even listen on. So that's really yeah. cool goal. Um, yeah. And obviously, you are my guest on the. Of the podcast, so I want to hand over to you just to introduce yourself to everyone listening.
1: Well, thank you so much, and uh, thank you, Kyra, for having me on. It's really exciting. Um, It's a pleasure to connect with you again. My name is Akshita Gandhi. I am from Mumbai, India. I am a mixed media artist. I have been uh, creating art for as long as I can remember. I've uh, just finished my uh, 33rd international show. So it's been quite an exciting journey. I work with uh, photographs being my base medium and I develop works from there. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll chat more about the work and the practice. Perfect,
0: that was so good. So actually just talking about photographs, I'd love to learn just to just talk to to everyone how did you get into photographs? So just based on being in India, being a woman and being an artist, how did that kind of path take you to photography and even just becoming an artist?
1: Well, I was actually uh, living in Dubai for a short while and um, I, was doing, um, I was doing some foundation courses in art because that's something I was always interested in, but didn't really have any formal training. And they had an elective, um, which was photography. And it was challenging for me because as an artist, um, you know, my perception and belief is that um, a photograph is something that captures a moment. So you can be a skilled photographer. uh, To me, that doesn't necessarily translate into being an artist. And I think that goes uh, the same for creating paintings as well. You know, some people can create something that already exists. So it just shows that you're an extremely skilled painter, but doesn't necessarily speak about being an artist. So I, you know, I I took my camera, I took up the elective. I came to uh, Bombay that summer and I was uh, taking photographs of different places, quaint lanes, parts of the cities, uh, the city that was not discovered before that is not really popular um, and realized that there was so much, to uh, the city than what meets the eye. And, you know, I I grew up in Bombay, I was born here. And for me to kind of discover all these hidden gems, if I may call it, was just so exciting. So I went back and uh, what I did was I distorted those photographs a little bit. So when you look at them, you're not sure if you're looking at a photograph or a painting. So I want the audience to see what I've captured, but I want them to see it through my lens and through my eyes. And um, I sort of took it back to the Institute and exhibited at uh, the World Art dubai fair and it was really well received and appreciated and I was also painting simultaneously so the challenge was then how can I amalgamate the two mediums, how can I amalgamate photography along with some painting and how can I kind of uh, put the two together and tell my story so the viewer is constantly oscillating between reality and fantasy because you see a photograph you can tell it's it's a city because uh, I photograph of landscapes, cityscapes uh, but then you also see a lot of fluid work uh, over the photograph so that kind of became my theme and um, that's how it began and even now when I take photographs, I, I always work on them. So you see construction, deconstruction, you see repetition, distortion. And uh, to me, that's that's very interesting because I, uh, I, I think I look at photography a little unconventionally.
0: I love that. I'm actually thinking a lot of times uh, when people even talk about photography, people think it's super easy, right? I think, especially with iPhones, someone's like, "I'm a photographer. I have an iPhone," which I think goes both ways of like letting people have access to that form of expression, but also yeah. not necessarily. I think it takes away the creativity out of it by saying, "Oh, like now I'm a photographer too. I can take a photo of something," versus like the meaning behind it.
1: So yeah. and I also think
0: yeah. when you think if you go to any like gallery show, it is about photography. I think like there's always kind of like a mixed perception of people who don't know photography or people who. Really like photography or that specific artist. So, how do you yeah. feel? Maybe interpret or your audience or people who have interacted with your work. How do they take your understanding of photography, or what's kind of like the feedback you've gotten about you know working because you are a multimedia artist working in spe- specifically photography.
1: Well, um, I think it's been really interesting so far. Um, I've had a pretty uh, I mean, I've had great feedback uh, from people around the world. I, in fact, what's interesting is that um, in, in my recent group show, which was in South Korea, I showed uh, my photography works. I'm, you know, for another upcoming group show, I'm showing photographs. Two of my upcoming group shows, I'm showing uh, photographs. I had a recent solo in London. Most of the works from photography works. And, um I did not expect for it to be as well received as it has been uh, because to me when images are distorted um, sometimes also when I look back at them I'm not sure what it's going to evoke in the audience and uh, so so to me it was interesting and also a lot of the photography is about um, parts of Bombay you know the They're not necessarily happy parts of Bombay. I also photograph a lot of the slums, a lot of different dwellings, um, you know, because it's also the after effect of capitalism. Uh, It's one of, you know, the themes. And also we're losing a lot of our old structures because of gentrification. And um, so I'm constantly capturing... Uh, you know, these, these different dwellings and different parts of the city. So uh, when I, when I, when people in Bombay actually look at them, um, sometimes they cringe, you know, and sometimes they're like, oh, I I prefer, I prefer the Hong Kong photograph. So I prefer what you photographed in Zurich because it's almost an uncomfortable truth that there is, this exists in, in, in our backyards. And um but I I think um, in a lot of places where I have exhibited them and uh, where I have shown them, people have loved it because it's it's a part of reality that exists and that is embraced. And you know because I show them differently. And um, even uh, even when I kind of so there's this one child and she's sitting outside her home, and it's it's an edited photograph and it's it's um it's a slum and. The blue has kind of because of the contrast and because of the way I've worked on it, it looks like it's shining. you know kind of looks like there's a halo around her. So when you look at it for a second, you're almost drawn because you're like, "Wait one minute, this almost has a magical element to it, but uh, it's it's just seeing magic in 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 the banal, seeing seeing magic in the everyday, seeing magic in your mundane. And uh, that to me is very interesting. So in fact, even when I travel and I try and take pictures of wherever I go, I try and photograph the old town, you know, not not the recent structures, not your fancy buildings, not your um, over-the-top structures. I, I try and photograph parts of their cities that are not really discovered, that they're not necessarily known for, that tourists are not very aware of. So uh, I find that very interesting.
0: Definitely, I actually was thinking about that when you did mention uh, slums. I think about like the outside perspective of you know anyone who is viewing your art or viewing and or just viewing India in general, and you think about the wealth gap, and you think about like you see documentaries on the slums and how it's a different aspect. Cause a lot of times, you know, we, every community has poverty in some capacity. But we look at it differently when it's not measuring in our life. So I was actually interested in, like, even when you were saying, like, if it's in um, Zerk or in Korea, how the interpretation of that might be a little bit different. But do you think that's causing, like, introspection of people who are viewing it? Because I know, I mean, I've never been to India, but I'm sure, like, if I were to see imagery of, like, people in my, even just in my, near my apartment building, right, it makes you kind of feel a little bit like, you know, an ick of, like, wow, like, I, I'm here, and it's like, we're in the we're occupying the same space, but like, what am I doing about it? It's like a very uncomfortable reality that people have to face when they look at images like that. And I think a lot of photography that confronts kind of local issues for the viewer is like the most uh, emotional kind of photography. So people, when you see like anyone who's looking at your art in India, right, or anyone who's in your local community, do you feel like they take a little bit more away from your work or what is like your goal with these people like who are, you know, closest to that community to
1: take away from those pieces. Well, I I think you're right. I, I think what you said was actually pretty accurate that uh, it, it's like it's it's an uncomfortable truth that people are faced with, uh, right? Because it's something that you may or may not want to confront. In fact, uh, you know, I've, I've, when some people have seen it, one of the most interesting reactions was um, this friend of mine asked me if I was uh, unhappy in my life. And she said, you know, you're just going through a very unhappy phase personally. And I said, no, no, I'm fine. And she said, no, you are, because uh, these images are very dark and, you know, we don't want to see them. And... Um, to me, that's that's interesting because I believe very truly that art is not about uh, art is not something that somebody compliments. You know, you you you're not going to necessarily stand and be like, oh my god, what a beautiful painting or what a beautiful photograph or how lovely and whatnot. Art is when you evoke something, and that something can be anything as long as there is some feeling or there is some emotion that is evoked in your viewer or your audience, I believe that uh, you've created a piece that is definitely successful. Um, I, I, I The reason I photograph, uh, you know, I mean, of course, slums, homelessness, um, you know, children, people, they're a part of uh, a lot of things that I do uh, along with uh, photographing structures and, uh, you know, uh, colonial architecture and things uh, because this is a part of the cityscape, so I don't want to so 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 some of the colonial buildings that I photograph and work with they look extremely grand, they were built by the british uh, the architecture is beautiful it 's very Victorian. Uh, you know, it has this uh, very grand feeling about it. And, uh, you know, the recent series that I shared with you, uh, the black and white pin code series, they're all colonial. So most of it is colonial architecture and just where we're at today with that. But um, you'll also see some people with it, you'll also see, um, you know, different images, uh, and, and different elements in the photograph. I can't I I can't uh, disregard that you know I I can't pretend that it's not there I can't focus on the good I need to focus on all of it in totality so to me that's uh, that's that's important and um, yes a lot of people don't want to see it it's a fact you know when people see my works and because I do landscapes and things and photographs and textiles and there's there's a lot of there are a lot of dimensions uh, and aspects to the works that I create. You can almost sort of see uh, the preference go go to that direction, you know, to the direction where people feel comfortable. So I think it's really interesting, but for somebody who lives here, I I think as an artist, we have a responsibility of documenting and uh, telling stories. And uh, this is a part of my story. And it's not just India or Bombay. And it's not just trying to uh, show India, you know, in a negative light. It's, it's not that. It's just photographing places. And, and if that is a part of a city or, or uh, a landscape, then, yeah, heck, I mean, I've captured it, you know.
0: Yeah, and I think that is something that people don't think about photography, that, you know, when you look at this, like, image, right, it might be... Um like a 2d image people take it at face value you see you're like okay that's cool that's one emotion i don't think people realize that there's all these several emotions being evoked within that piece yeah. so i think anytime i've ever looked at photography or even just um with anything on like a canvas work right a lot of times i think the artist is usually drawing you in by the beauty to see what's yeah. underneath that it's kind of like a way to get you to really like interact so it's supposed to like yeah. evoke something emotional I don't think people are always ready for that. I think there's an outside perspective of understanding that things might be more aesthetically pleasing. Um, and I think that's, like, when people think about what they want to look at every day, I think that's why people are like, oh, why would you do that? But, you know, there's more, like, self-awareness, which is what, you know, you want to do, versus being completely, like, delusional about what's going on around you. And I feel like yeah. artists take on that responsibility showing people around them the reality of what's going on, which might, people might be more so aloof to um but i was actually i wanted to since you are talking about um just kind of like since you are a multimedia artist i want to know like what do you feel like maybe you're most drawn to or how do you like what is your as an artist what do you feel like is your hardest aspect in the creative process i feel like you're talking about the meaning behind it and like that end finished piece that you know the viewer is seeing but like where do you start or how do you kind of get into that mindset as an artist
1: So I think uh, the hardest part of my practice is definitely creating my mixed media works. Um, The process is I print a photograph on canvas and uh, I either print it in black and white or I mean they're they're mostly black and white um, or I'll print it in sepia something that looks very old and worn out and uh, once it's printed on canvas that's when the process begins so with uh, fluid paint and acrylic I kind of Pour, uh, pour it over the canvas and then I wash it uh, and I don't uh, pre-decide the colors you know it just kind of comes intuitively it's it's just something that guides me I don't know what it is I, I think it's my gut Um, and then I, I literally take it in the washroom I wash it off so you feel like there, there are these colors that are sort of faded and that's how the whole process begins and it's layer by layer so I use a lot of Uh, gold foil copper foil resin crystals paints their markers so there's there's a lot going on and I think for me that's the hardest part um, of my entire process I don't think it's documenting or taking those photographs even when I work on the photographs I kind of have an idea of what I wanted to kind of look like or what I'm imagining when I take those photographs so The process is not uh, as cumbersome for me as it is for the mixed media works, because that is purely experimental. And, you know, that is just going with your gut feeling or you're you're just painting on a whim. Um, And sometimes, I mean, I, I was working on this piece for four months and I was on it every single day, you know, no matter what um and I would like take two days I would take a break for two days and spend some time away from it because I felt as though I had like you know drowned inside the canvas and after four months I looked at the piece and I said I hate it I mean I I, I'm just not happy and then you know I I realized that I'm not happy with it because I need some color and then I added some color and then I just changed the entire piece around. And I'm, I think I'm finally done with it. But to me, it it was just that week was so difficult, because the you know, I look at it, and I said, that's four months of my goddamn life. And I was just kind of going with the flow. And sometimes you're almost stuck, like you have an artist block, because you, you kind of look, uh, you know, you you take a few steps back, and you look at the piece, and i are like, okay, I think this bit and that bit, and I I, I think I need to add some crystals you i think i need to paint something and i think and then when you look back and you're like oh my god this is not working you know what am i going to do so i think that whole process is a very difficult process uh, i i spend a few months of the year on it i think it takes up so much of um my heart and my soul and my being so i create a few pieces every year so i set a target at the beginning of the year saying that okay i'm going to Create these pieces. I'm going to develop these photographs into, you know, these mixed media uh, pieces, and uh, I'm going to leave it at that. So, uh, I, I I think that's definitely the most um, difficult bit. Okay, that makes sense.
0: I I did like that you touched on kind of that physical aspect of just your interactions with the canvas. I think a lot, even just regardless of when you're looking at if it is mixed media or what someone might consider mixed media. I always think when I look at a canvas, especially because the canvas is in front of us, people don't, or maybe viewers don't necessarily understand that physical aspect that the artist is interacting with their piece. So obviously with photography, you talk about distorting the images, that is obviously a different kind of interaction that you're having with it. I think that physical interaction with the canvas, that is like also a physical different space and it changes it's so interesting when you think about four months because I know I think a lot of people think about like I'm sure you know when people take elementary uh, art classes you know they paint something in like a 45 minute period and they go okay cool like great and I think they don't think about that kind of that art it's not always it's not there's not an end goal it's not black and white it's like trial and error like a lot of times yeah. you see if you look at a canvas like to see the paint underneath because you know that they then artist made the decision okay I was already this far along but I I don't like this it's kind of like a whole yeah. process um yeah. I guess it's if you could talk about kind of navigating these just four months that's a long period of time how do you kind of navigate in terms of shows and deadlines as an artist I feel like there's a lot of opinions out there that like you know artists are like aloof and they're kind of going with the flow but the reality is that an artist is a business like they are their own brand and there are deadlines and everything within that so how do you kind of navigate that aspect
1: of your career? Um, you're right. I actually have a lot of people tell me that, you know, artists are very aloof and they're sometimes difficult to get in touch with and they're difficult to work with sometimes because they, they miss a lot of deadlines. Um, I think I understand both sides. I understand the business angle of it. I come from a business family, so we just inherently, we understand business value of time and, you know, of course, also respect a lot of great opportunities Um, and I also understand the artist aspect of it because I'm also an artist. So, you know, there are times where it's kind of difficult to keep up with the deadline. I actually have terrible, terrible time working on commission pieces. Uh, I just, you know, if I could, I, I just probably not do a commission piece. And sometimes I do them because, you know, I, 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 I love, Uh, the idea of creating that piece or, you know, we've had a great time brainstorming and I have a lot of creative freedom uh, with the people I create those pieces for, but I feel a block. So I, I mean, and when I've spoken to artists, I think they've also felt that because they're like, Oh, it has to flow. It has to come. It hasn't come yet or whatever. Um, But I, I think you need to make a distinction. If you want to be an artist who just creates for creating, Uh, Or if you want to be an artist who creates, but also wants to kind of put uh, your work out there, you know, if if I'm somebody um, who knows that I have a show coming up in so many months, then I need to work for it. Or if I feel I'm an artist who just wants to go with the flow, then, you know, uh, maybe go with the flow, create that series, create that body of work, and then maybe... Uh, see if you can exhibit that. You know, maybe take that route, and and that is something that I did, and I I felt it really helped me because I created a body of work, and um, that is the body of work that is that is now sort of uh, being exhibited at a lot of my shows and exhibitions and stuff. So uh, I'm I'm very meticulous about not missing deadlines, about not giving up on uh, good opportunities because I think it's really important. Uh, if you do want to put your work out there, I mean, sure, if you're an artist who is happy, you know, creating in your studio, allowing people to come from time to time, connecting as and when you feel comfortable, that's another way of looking at it. But um, that's not how uh, I work, to be honest. If I feel that I'm not going to be able to make the deadline or not going to be able to uh, keep my word, then I'd rather sort of decline that opportunity so another artist can kind of show, but it's you've gotta i i i mean it it is a profession at the end of the day, so you have to have uh, some level of professionalism when you're dealing with somebody else because somebody else is betting on you when somebody else has faith in you, so you know i mean it's only fair that you um kind of meet their deadlines et cetera
0: yeah that makes so much sense i I think about just even when because obviously like I write, and so when I have deadlines in terms of shows and whatnot, I feel like there's always like, you have to get things done by a certain time right? you want like the article to be out before people see the show, so they could like at least interact with the article. And then I think yeah. um, like how art has shifted right? you to think about uh, when there's like patrons and people have like artists living with them, right? And they were like, it was just portraiture. And that's a completely different understanding of art. But I think art's really yeah. like the business of relationships. I think those yeah. deadlines make sense when the vision's there, the communication's there. A lot of times people get lost kind of in the sauce and they just are like, what's going on? But yeah. I wanted to touch uh, on that we, we did meet in Miami at Miami Art Week. And yes. I know like when we were there, I was talking about I was interviewing you there, the wings and everyone was taking Instagram photos. And how that was like really, um, it was fun for just even just seeing like even little kids being just attracted to that and just even the space and looking at like how people interacted with those wings. I wanted mm-hmm. to know if you could touch on as we're kind of like talking about this stuff is like what, what's changed? Like what, because we've gone through a whole pandemic since that's happened. Um, the art world kind of went on like a quote unquote pause in terms of that physical interaction. And last time I saw you we were in a crowded like convention area. So how has that impacted your work and how has, like, what has happened with your work since the time I last saw you in person?
1: Well, uh, you're right. I, I think the pandemic has changed so much for so many people. Uh, it has definitely impacted my work. Um, I created a, a series of digital works uh, during the pandemic. And, um, you know, I had a few online shows and, uh, i what i did was i love the rains i i love the monsoon season and we were in the lockdown during the monsoon and it's a very happy time in bombay because a lot of people sort of get together families get together we eat corn um we eat uh, you know we we meet at these as at certain places by the sea we walk down the promenade and it's it's a, it's a part of the culture you know we drink tea uh, in little mud cups, and and it's a part of uh, the culture here. Uh, so I think, you know, every time I picked up the phone and spoke to a friend or a relative, everyone's like, oh, we're in the lockdown, but it's the monsoon. So um, I dug up a few old photographs that I had taken of the city uh, during the monsoon time, and I, uh, you know, sort of layered them uh, with a lot of, Mixed media works that I had uh, high resolution photographs of, and I created these um, these images, and uh, they looked like it was, you know, from another realm. Like it, it, they kind of looked like you were in a film or something, and um, so I, I did a I did a show, and it was very interesting. So I think I uh, went back to a lot of the photographs that I had taken before the pandemic. And when things started to open up slowly, I started to take photographs of what it looked like when it opened up, you know, because a lot of places started to, I mean, it almost looked like a ghost town and uh, a lot of places uh, you just didn't see the same kind of hustle and bustle. You know, you didn't see, Uh, the same number of people. And it was difficult because it took a lot. I I think we've just recovered from what happened. And we're just kind of uh, beginning to see a sense of normalcy where people feel safe and comfortable. So I think in terms of my practice, um, I started experimenting with uh, resin and gold leaf and things that I mentioned. And it's now become a pretty big uh, part of my work. Uh, I, I think I I took to creating a lot of digital works, which is something that I hadn't uh, really explored before. I actually ran out of materials, to be honest, and I, there was no way of getting those materials. Um, so that's how I kind of took to creating a lot of digital works. And um, suddenly the works went from having a lot of people and children and things to structures, you know, to, to do, to these structures, because to me, it was almost symbolic. I I think there's a before and then there's an after. So the structures are as is, right. But the world has changed so much. So I kind of went back, I re dug up my photographs of different structures that I had taken off. Bombay and of different parts of the cities and different part of the city and um, I started to use these crazy crazy colors because the last time we met in Miami um, my works were pretty different you know there was I was showing my series called uh, freedom I read banned books and uh, I was showing my light boxes and um, that was about patriarchy and things and um, that was a different theme a different feeling I remember Um, the wings of course and I think now the practice is more to do with the cityscapes I I think now it's um, so much to do with what the city is looking like and what the city kind of went through and uh, you know what is really happening around us so I think it's it's more about the architecture and structure and history and how that is sort of connecting everything together so in that sense I think the practice um, is definitely a lot different so it's in a different direction and and to me that um, really really hit home because I couldn't travel for such a long time and you know I was traveling so frequently so I just kind of went in and and to me that caused a lot of anxiety and a lot of panic because I had never I hadn't been in Bombay for such a long time um, in the last four or five years and Um, so just, just that feeling that, okay, this is what I have and this is what I'm surrounded by and these are the structures and this is my palette and this is my canvas and this is my, um, you know, this is what I have and this is what I'm going to use to create what I'm feeling right now. So I I, I think Bombay became a backdrop and it became more relevant than it's ever been.
0: I think it was even more beautiful. I think from my perspective, right, I, like, I go to shows and I'll write on them. So my work happens after the piece is complete, right? So when that transition happened of, like, shows maybe being online or people sending me PDFs to kind of go over, I had a different interaction with the work, kind of me back to, like, my, like, education in art history and how, you know, you'd look at a painting, but it was a PDF, so it was, like, interpreting the painting and how you think it would be. I, yeah. Read an article. I forget where. I think it was on ArtNet, but it was talking about how artists were like producing, like they were still producing work, and who were like, "What? Like, why?" And I think everyone thought the world stood still, and the reality is that, like, like you said, like you know, you're getting inspiration from around you. You're like looking around you. You're like it's kind of you're assessing the environment. I feel like a lot of art and artists are exploring the psychology of our culture. Like every time we look at a piece, it's really like asking us to peel off a layer of the onion, right? And I think yeah. I wouldn't, yeah. if any artist didn't tra- like transform their work from this like pandemic where you know first no one knew what was going on to we're never leaving our homes again to are we ever gonna be able to leave the country? Like yeah. it has to change from that. It's really interesting when you talk about landscapes because I know a really big color, I think it was like 2020 was like this like emerald green. It was everywhere. Like in art, but also in fashion, just in advertisements, in everywhere. And it was kind of to emphasize the outside world because we all were stuck inside. So it was like trying to be like, oh, we're going to be outside again. So even just thinking about that, you know, when we talked in the beginning about photography and then like landscapes and how people may interpret landscapes differently, I think that perception even changed from the pandemic of like the appreciation of what we even have. Like, yeah what is right next to us, what's in front of us, because, you know, we're always moving. We're always all on the go, on the go. Even, like, you know, you're going to... if You're flying somewhere. You're not seeing everything around yeah. you. You're kind of, like, go go gum tree, You know that if, when you go to a show or anything, like, you're concentrated. And, like, the pandemic made us go, what is going on? We need to take a look around us. Like, genuinely, like, what's up? But I did want to touch on... Um, so I was saying how I did look at some virtual gallery shows. Obviously, auction houses had their uh, auctions virtually... You know, people were meeting with, like, you know, if it was art galleries meeting with, uh, like, collectors, virtually everything was happening at a distance. And, like I said, those conversations weren't always happening, are facilitated, I feel like, in art galleries where someone says one thing, right? Someone adds another comment, you know, everyone's kind of, like, bouncing off each other. How did you yeah. feel like having a, like, virtual show impacted your audience or even kind of impacted how maybe you see your work? Like, did you feel like it changed Kind of your goal, or what how the viewer might interact with your work,
1: so you know, um, I mean, it's really interesting. I've had this conversation with a lot of people over the last few years, and you, you know, I mean, you can't really compare how you feel when you interact with the work physically because I mean, at least with my work, it's created physically. Um, even the photographs, they're printed so you can touch them, feel them with the mixed media work. You know, you can touch it, you can feel it, you can stand in front of it. And it's its very different from seeing it, um, uh, seeing a photograph of the piece. But I feel what was amazing is that... Um, digital art or just art in general kind of came together I remember that year even for Art Basel we had a virtual tour and I I remember seeing the works and of course you missed touching it and you know because you just want to touch it and feel it and be around people and that wasn't a possibility but I think we did the best um that we could do. I I, I think a lot of people were striving to bring art to um people around the world, you know, through social media, through online shows. And um I, I think what, what essentially that was is it was a it was not really a substitute of um of course real shows that you see in person. But I think it was the best that could have been done in that moment. I mean, I can't even imagine not being able to do those online shows or I can't imagine not being able to show anything at all for so many months, you know. So I felt at least through um, through the internet and through that medium, something was going on. And that was in a way, um, you know... It, It was exciting, right? In a sense that you're like, okay, you know, um, a a gallery per se in New York um, had a show of, uh, you know, they had an online show and they showed a lot of my digital works. And to me, I remember that time as being very exciting. I remember looking um, forward to it and it was uh, an online thing. And I remember uh, getting all dressed and excited and ready. And, you know, we had an Instagram live and things. Um, So I I, I think that it's the best that could have been done with what we had available. So we have our smartphones, we had the internet, uh, you know, for people who could access it. That was, that was the best. I don't think you can compare the two. I'm not saying that the digital is any less uh, in comparison to seeing it in person. Um, But for, the people who couldn't be there in person for 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 millions of us who couldn't leave our homes uh, who couldn't like you know we I, I didn't go to an art show in all of 2020 since the lockdown began and to me that just it was it was unfortunate and um i couldn't imagine i, I just didn't know when i could go to a, a gallery and and stand there again so but when these things were happening, they were almost like rays of hope. And you almost felt that, all right, it, you know, there's something happening. There was some movement. There was some interaction. There was something was being put out there. It wasn't It wasn't completely dead because I think it brought so much uncertainty. You just weren't sure of when we'll go back to our normalcy and when we'll have our Basel again or when we'll have, um, you know, when I'll be in New York again or when I'll be in London again. And I think through that time, these shows got, not just me, a lot of artists through a pretty difficult time. So at least there was some outlet where we could share show works, um, where all of us could interact, where artists could still meet and get to know each other. So I I, I think that, um, I think we just made the best of what was given.
0: Yeah, I think it was honestly a relatively positive kind of experience in what I think a lot of people were thinking of. I think, you know, everyone's staying at home. I think in terms of like really seeing it, I mean, just being on social media, being on Instagram and seeing how much like artists that I follow were posting every Mm -hmm. single day, just kind of like having people, I mean, all, all the Instagram lives that I saw of people just popping up, just talking to each other, just having conversation. It really kind of showed like why the art world is, you know, like a 60, what, $5 billion business because yeah. like, it doesn't stop. I think during the pandemic, a lot of people, you know, were like, I'm getting laid off. What am I going to do? I hate my job. Like all these things. And the art world was just pivoting. It just kept pivoting. It was like online shows. We're going to be like every, even just cause like, you know, I used to work in a gallery and you know, everything that you're looking at documents, everything are usually like in paper You're like in like binders, right? Like it wasn't that was so like unorthodox to be just like on a zoom call and everyone using a different like it's a different system, it's different, it was a different world. I think that pivot was like really crazy, but also it was like inspirational because it was like, okay, like it's still going. And I think people would forget that about the art world that it's like continuous movement, you have to keep moving. You can't just finish the work day and go, okay, I'm done. Like every day is kind of the continuation of the project. Um, Yeah. But as we're kind of like winding down on our call, I did want to kind of give you the, like, you know, mic and like what's upcoming for you. What are you working on looking forward to that we can like check in to see what's going on with your work?
1: Well, um, so I have, like I mentioned, I have a few group shows coming up and um, I am working on a pretty interesting series and you know, my work has always been um, very colorful, very vibrant, very alive, but um, I'm kind of taking a leap of faith and doing a black and white series. Uh, And to me, that is actually more challenging because I think um, we, I mean, when I look at my works, I feel like, oh, that splash of pink just looked fantastic, you know, and, and that was done. It took care of half the piece I mean that was it it was a splash and it was bold and it was fantastic and now with the black and white it's more subtle it's more understated and uh you you really kind of get into the image and you're you're working on it and treating it very differently uh so I'm working on that uh the their photographs taken uh, in different cities in Europe uh, photographs of India different cities in India and uh I'm just sort of I'm trying to bring them to life in uh, monochromatic. So that is something that I'm definitely looking uh, forward to. I'm also kind of working on textiles, uh, which is something brand new and something I started last year. And I'm trying to study, um, there are a lot of Indian traditional art forms that are dying. Um, And especially in terms of, uh, you know, different textiles, materials um, and and, and different forms. So I'm trying to incorporate that uh, and work with um, different people from rural parts of India to kind of come on board and work on the textile pieces that I curate and work on them. Uh, with me and I want to spread awareness about that you know when I travel and in my international shows so definitely with the textile with the uh, black and whites and uh, with the mixed media works that are constantly ongoing I'm working on seven pieces right now so it's definitely exciting lots of new stuff coming up and uh, you know we'll just have to see what the end results are like and uh, let the viewers decide. But those are things that I'm working on right now. It's been a fantastic year and uh, I will see what next year holds in store.
0: I'm excited. I actually you brought something. Do you want to touch on it? Um, I like to talk about kind of how people understand like careers in art. So, you know, a lot of times like in education, there's a focus on science, math, right? Something that seems more structured or whatnot, right? According to like, you know, what teachers are trying to like put out there and like what seems more sustainable, right? For people to operate as. And you touched on kind of like more rural forms of art. Uh, I was curious because, you know, I have my own perception of being an artist or like what art or, you know, being in the creative fields in America, but how is art really perceived as a profession in India? Like what is kind of the understanding, how prevalent do you feel like it is in terms of like your generation, your uh, art forms, like, you know, canvas, photography?
1: So I think uh, we definitely, I mean, I, I, I think uh, our generation is definitely a lot luckier than the previous generation was. I think being an artist is something that is definitely being uh, recognized now as a career if i may say so but i think the change has happened in the last five years um when i would tell people oh i'm an artist i'm going to become an artist so that's what i want to do i would get raised eyebrows even from like friends who've lived abroad or who have studied abroad and have come back and they you know they would they would look at me and say yeah, you're an artist, but when are you really going to get a real job and when are you going to actually settle down in your life and when are you going to stop this? I mean, what are you doing, you know? And uh, a lot of people, you know, I tell people oh, I'm an artist. Oh, so you paint? Uh, oh, so 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 you, can you draw this for me? I'd like to put it up in my room. There's so much uh, (laughs) ignorant, uh, there's so much ignorance, actually, around uh, what it really means to be an artist. And I do believe that that is something that is changing in the last uh, five, six years, like I mentioned, and I, I think India has, India has such a great art market. And it's it's becoming more prevalent. Uh, I think what was happening is it was, um, it was, it would welcome only a select few. It was something that was for the elite, uh, for a certain demographic, uh, for the super intellectuals. And I think over time, that's definitely changing. I see a lot more artists. I, I, I mean, I've come across more artists in the last six months in India, um, Otherwise, my interaction with artists was just when I travel, I really meet, you know, artists then. Um, but I think it's definitely changing. Like you said, there's always emphasis on taking up math or science or becoming a doctor or an engineer, uh, which is more stable or more safe, um, as opposed to pursuing um, a career in the creative field. Um But I'm hoping that it continues to change more. I think it's a matter of perception because people worry about uh, paying their bills. But, you know, it's not just being an artist. I I met artists who are artists, but I have also uh, taken up jobs in like animation or graphic designing or other things to kind of, you know, to, to have a little cushion just to get started. And I think that's really important. I think that's great. I mean, you're still an artist. You're just doing what it takes um, so that you don't burn out very early on, because if you burnt out early on, then you you are going to dread being an artist. You know, then that's something that you might give up along the way. Uh, so I, I, I'm I'm hoping that uh, we see more artists, and we you know we have a lot more galleries now. We have a lot more spaces, artistic spaces. There are a lot of events happening, and um, I had not seen so much of it in Bombay um in you know before the pandemic so it's it's interesting to see how so many people are now coming out and not just to pursue a career in this field but also to kind of appreciate it even people who are not really artists but who are creatively inclined are just kind of coming out and support and um, appreciating things and you know there are there's a young collector weekend happening and things so there is a shift that has come about and you know I, I hope that it um, it's it's not just a fad and then it definitely continues
0: yeah I think it, I feel like it's here to stay I think you just like thinking about the pandemic when you know people say something more stable and then obviously I feel like with you if you live in a capitalist uh, country or society you're always gonna think about money like it's yeah. You can't ever not think about how am I going to pay my bills because everything is about like how can I get to the top? How can I make sure I'm okay? And obviously, yeah. um, being an artist, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's no, you know, regulated way of becoming an artist and having knowing I'm going to make this much and this much. But I think that's the thing why the pandemic was so interesting and people were like, oh my God, I lost my job. What am I going to do? So that quote unquote yeah. like regulated, you know, income they have yeah. now was taken away from them, right? But artists have continuously been practicing their whole career being with the uncertainty of this might not sell. I might not make money. How am I going to do it? Exactly. A lot of times when I talk to artists, they have some side hustle, right? i met an artist who, um, I think I forgot, it was at a couple, um, it was at uh, art fair. And he was saying how he actually, with a couple pieces that he sold, he ended up investing into like a a multi-unit so that he could live in one and then rent out the other one while and that was how he kind of made sure he was stable amongst his practice. And I was saying, like, you know, it's like being an artist, and I feel like being in creative fields is like a very grind culture. You have to always be looking yeah. for the next thing because it's not a regulated schedule. And I feel like people realize that during the pandemic, that, you know, it didn't stop them, it didn't stop artists and stop you, right? Because like the reality is that's how the career has always been. But then I also yeah. think that. People are always concerned about money. So it's like, how are you going to pay for this? And I think that's when people say, oh, you're an artist. What? They're saying, like, how do you make money? That's like the real question. They're not asking, like, oh, what do you do? They're just like, so how much do you get? Like, why? Who's buying your piece? Because they're like, how is that possible? And I think, I mean, people buy handbags, they buy shoes that they're going to wear down. And it's like a weird thing for people to be like, oh, like, you're going to buy a piece of work that's going to be on your wall for a really long time. Like, why? But, I mean, it's a it's a business, and I think people forget that the art world, and then, like, like yourself, you're a business, right? So when people think about being, a, like, an employee, you're not an employee. Like, you're the business, the CEO, like, everything in one. You have to be that whole yeah. person. I don't think people will realize how multidimensional or just even, like, quite, like, how, like, savvy you have to be to just be a working artist. Because a lot of people give up, you know? They stop, they, you know, do it on the side. They don't really want to, like, dive in there's a lot of criticism feedback right you're always taking it you always take that back and it's not you know easy for someone who might not be ready for that responsibility Um, yeah yeah I'm really happy we got to talk on that aspect but um, yeah no absolutely yeah yeah I'm no sorry I was just
1: no I was just I was just adding yes absolutely I'm, I'm so happy we got a chat and uh, you know, I, I'm so happy that we're ending at a very important point because I always feel that uh, people need to be encouraged, you know, and um, the perception needs to be uh, shattered because it's um, it's not real. It's just what society has fed us for so long. Uh, but um, I, I'm hoping that we continue to break it and we have lots and lots of artists coming up.
0: And before you go, make sure you check out my website, kaira.morera.info, for more information and seeing my latest editorials. Check out my YouTube channel, Confessions of a Gallerina, and check out my Instagram, Confessions of a Gallerina, to see my daily art adventures.